0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody! Welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. Woohoo! Oh yeah! Do you like? Do you, wow. like, do you like that? Like the big, and then the sudden stop. The yep. two it's people like...
2: excited clapping in the background makes the sound.
0: Woohoo! Oh yeah! Yeah, so uh, we're back. Uh, this time, we're not on the road. I'm at home. I'm in my cold-ass dad garage. It's cold. It is cold, yeah, Sam. Holy horrible. shit, is it ever Barb. cold? Oh, God, I hate man. It. I hate the cold. You know what? It, it's so cold. I drove my wife and my baby daughter somewhere this morning, and it was cold doing that. You know, normally, that's not, like, a cold thing to do. Like, if you have to walk somewhere, yeah, you're cold. Uh, or if you're, like, standing outside, you know, if you're... On a construction crew of five people and you work (laughs) for the government and you're looking down a manhole all day outside, that's cold. Or you're having your packed lunch on a girder, you know, suspended above. Yes, that can be pretty cold. It can be pretty windy up there. But normally, you know, you do something like, you know, you drive somebody in somewhere to avoid the weather. But like even inside the car, the steering wheel was so cold, I had to like constantly remove my hands from it while Mm, driving. Okay. It was that cold. Safe. Fuck me. That sounds safe. <laughs> a pretty safe. Yeah. Very safe dad was, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, classic,
2: a, it's a classic English winter thing.
0: Okay. That's like a dad joke, though, in itself, isn't it? Like, hey, kids, watch us. Woo! You, like, you, you know, take your hands off the steering wheel. They're like, dad, what are you doing? Like, that's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine, <laughs> no, kids. Just I me. do remember
2: my dad um, driving me to school in early, you know, very, very cold winter mornings, you know, it, and I got a lot of respect for that because it was really cold really dark when you wake up you know you have to get up you have to get the kids up get them washed you know get them cleaned up get them get them some food i don't
0: think people appreciate how hard the school run is and i think that's why i think in asia they get it they understand that the school run is like really fucking hard work you gotta do it for years and years and years you become like a hollow shell of a man after it's all said and done and that's why your kids look after you when you're older in asia but over here they don't what do they do they get government jobs and then they don't give you your pension anymore. And then you're on those commercials where you're frozen to death in your apartment because it, they didn't pay, put the heating on. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what, what what's up with that? Why can't why can't <coughs> we take care of old people in Britain um, like they do in Asia?
1: Well, in Asia, I remember... They do really I well, well they... in
0: Asia. Those old people are, like, looked after super duper well. Yeah. Well, I don't
2: know who you... Who I, in my life, I don't know any old people who are not looked after well well to yeah be fair i mean i don't but know I who mean, you're talking how about how many here, old Sips? people are in your life well we've got not many more now they're all gone so,
0: yeah but there's a few a few of them gone i don't know who you're talking about here In that, that's not being looked after I'm, t- I'm talking about those people that you see on documentaries all the damn time you know on the news every day they're like oh the price of heating fuel has gone up again and then they show that <laughs> crippled old woman who just like looks like nobody ever visits her and she's got one of those fake fireplaces you know but she, that, was yeah. that like she was probably a miserable
2: she was probably a miserable person in real life in like when she wasn't an old person just cuz she's now an old person doesn't well, saying, mean you're that you're saying
1: if she was if she was like a mean old lady she deserves she was probably to... a
2: mean middle-aged lady and then she was probably a mean <laughs> young lady you know come, i'm not come i've got got any sympathy for her is well, what i'm saying you're an animal.
0: Well, what know? if her whole, what if her whole extended family died in a plane crash on a vacation? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that it. She well, wasn't t- invited to. I'm awkwardly. just saying. I'd like to see some
2: evidence of that, you know, before I'm nice to her. <laughs> <Right>? Evil. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you're you the person, person who needs cold- heat of uh, freezing to death because you're a miserable old bitch or
0: <laughs> due to extenuating
2: circumstances?
0: Because I used to know that. Man, go stand outside for 10 minutes, okay, In uh, and just wear a cardigan and that's it, and maybe like a like a blouse, and come back in and tell me how you feel about this old lady. What do I you think mean? you'll feel sorry for her. Why is she doing it?
2: She's got no sense at all, standing outside in a cardigan and a blouse no, in zero th- degree...
0: No. Well, she can't afford to put her heat on. It's as cold inside as it is outside. That's what I'm saying. And she's not moving around. She's too old. She's just sitting in a chair and she's even colder than you because at least you've, like, stood up and gone outside. Like, you know, you got your circulation going. Her circulation isn't going. It's, it doesn't go anymore. <laughs> That's why she's so cold oh, all the time. Well, we're not going to have
2: to worry about this problem much longer by the sounds of it, Sips, if she's that got that little
0: go for her. Oh, my
2: God. She's not able to move around. Come we, on! All right, it, Adolf.
1: Let's
0: not start <laughs> euthanizing god. Oh is goodness. that? Is that punishment for not being a nice person? Is okay. that is that what we're saying now? We're going to kill people. Listen. Just so because my, they, my nan
2: is ninety, uh, she's the same right. age as the queen, and for her whole yeah. life she has very much modelled herself. Had had the queen there as this same age sort of fashion icon, mm. kind of role model, right. and so she's yeah. a very she's a very stout proactive old lady. she just call your Nan Stout? Yeah. She's not, well, she's not, I wouldn't call her, she's not, she, actually, she's certainly not very, uh, but she, she is one of these people who permanently thinks she she should be on a diet, you know, even though she's now 90. Mm. And so she's constantly, you know, worried about that because I guess she has been her whole life. Um, And so it hasn't changed because she's 90. But this Christmas, um, you know, we, we made a decision to put her in a home. Um, <laughs> you got her the Kerry Katona
0: and Exercise it's,
2: DVD. <laughs> it's it's been a very gra- <laughs> it's been a very gradual process. It's a bit oh yeah okay. It's it's it, it's a very gradual process because she was very independent. Um Do it wanted to do her own thing. And so right. we sort of moved her from her, her bungalow to uh, a smaller sort of flat near, nearer to us so we could visit more often. And so, you know, we always. Right. We sort of, and do you? We always used to take turns. So when, when I was there, I would visit my nan like a couple of times a week. And then when I moved away, oh. um, my brother would do it and pop in and stuff. Anyway, we were all, it was a very gradual process. And so eventually she found that she wasn't able to to go walking out every day. And so we got someone to push her out in the wheelchair and then she wasn't able to do this and so we got someone to do this and then it it was a very gradual sort of process and we were very aware of it the whole time and and now i think her mind is going a little bit as well and it's a, it's very sad to see and and i i not i don't want to make jokes about you know not not caring for the elderly or you know something because because i think i am very very consciously aware of this and it is a big problem in our society but i think that i i don't think we should just have these blanket assumptions where oh we are our society is mean to old people why can't people like asia i I think i think they are asia have the right i don't think asia have the right model necessarily but i like the asian model which is basically you're gonna go you're gonna get your grandparents to move in with you again kind of thing you know that sort of happens then it's actually a very very good thing to have these social things where lots of families live together under the same roof
0: until they accidentally see you naked and then it's not such a good thing because I don't know, there's a line, isn't there? Right. You know, yeah, like you want to be, you want to be free at, in your own house to do whatever you want. So, like, but, but you know. So then again, sometimes y- you don't want to get undressed in the bathroom to take a shower. Sometimes you want to get undressed outside of the bathroom and then walk your naked ass into the bathroom to sh- take a shower. And My if nan has seen me naked living with you loads of times, so, though.
2: You know, I mean, if really? your parents have too, right? Up until the age of about sort of, you know. I don't know,
0: maybe like thirteen. <laughs> I was just naked all the <laughs> time. What? No, I was gonna say maybe the cutoff was like five or so, like thirteen. Like I'm, my grandma did not see me naked when I was thirteen. I can guarantee. Well, that okay, that... not not, not did naked. Did you still need help wiping not, your bum and stuff when you were thirteen? Is that not
2: fully, fully, fully nude?
0: Um, but, but, right. you know, have she uh, saw my balls, but not my dick. <laughs> they were just hanging, they were hanging out of my shorts, but she didn't see my dick. So it's fine.
1: Culturally in a lot of Asian countries, th- it's different about the um, sort of looking after the elderly. I'll give an example. Okay. When I, when I went to Bali on my honeymoon about, let me think about 17 years ago now, I guess it would have been. And, shit. Actually, it was, different it was place 16 now. years ago. Yeah, it is. But, but, um, we, we, full we of were old there. People. It is. We were there the year before <laughs> we're the... there for the hot weather.
0: They don't yeah. have to wear the cardigans yeah, it's, uh, or anything.
1: Free heating. You have to look after your parents if you're the youngest <laughs> child, right? You're the youngest child, you've got to look after the parents. And they they name their kids like in order that they were born. So if you're the firstborn, your name will generally be... Number one. Putu. Oh. Putu or, or Gede or, or Like These are the kind of names. And then the secondborn kid has a couple of names that they can choose from. So you know... Number two. Which order they're in. So Second. Our, exactly. So our guide for, for the, the two weeks we were there, we had a guide who went, he would meet us at the hotel and we'd get in his van and him and the driver would drive us around and he'd tell us all about the island. His name was Putu. And Putu is normally the the firstborn son's name. Okay, But yeah. when they have too many kids, it just wraps around. So he's the, he's the younger Putu. So there's the, his oh. older brother Putu and he's Putu too, but he's the youngest Putu, okay? Putu too. So, right. So because he's the youngest, he has to look after the parents. Like the youngest looks after the parents. All the older kids get to leave, he has to stay behind, look after the parents, and then they'll have to live with him. And that's the way it is. That's the way it's done. So we don't have any kind of system. Uh, Brothers and sisters just argue with each other about who's going to have to look after mum and dad now they're getting on. And I think it's kind of sad, um, but they've had to structure it into the fabric of their society. It's because a social responsibility. Get, yeah, given yeah, the yeah. choice, yeah. given the choice, nobody wants their parents living with them. Once they're a grown up and you've got your own place, you don't want your mum and dad moving back in with you. It'd be awful. No, it's like everybody loves
0: Raymond all over again. Yeah, You're like, exactly. I know they don't quite live with them, but like, they're qu- too, too, too close It certainly feels for comfort. like you live here with me. I'm Raymond. And my wife. loves Raymond.
1: Raymond, you gotta respect your mom. Yeah, right, but he's right. That's like, that's the whole show. is about how miserable yeah, it would well, be to have your parents that's around. That's what your time.
0: life is like in Bali then, I guess, when your yeah. parents live with you. I, I have Everybody
1: these, loves Putu.
0: That's what <laughs> It's really appropriate because I guess putu.
2: what happens is as a civilization, when you have like eight kids in each family, okay, uh, at least yeah. then you've got like, if you're naming them,
0: if Putu means first, then, you know... Ruto well, is you, you, you increase the odds of not having to look after your parents, I guess, when you well, have like a lot well, more sh- kids than them. Sh-
2: sure, but it's not going to increase your odds. Are you is shushing it? me? You're not going to, what? Anyway, I'm just saying, in a, norm, like in a class of kids, okay, if everyone is called, if you've got like, if the average family has got six to eight kids, that's yeah. fine, okay? That you know, that you've maybe you've got like five putus or six putus, but you've got a lot of other people, right? Yeah, nowadays. People only have like one point five kids. Okay, one or two. Yeah, kids. nowadays they do. So I think
0: it's I think it's because we're we're really precious nowadays. Especially like people that are approaching their mid twenties or like their early thirties nowadays are used to having like lots of free time, you know, and then they have a kid and. And they think that it's going to be just like they saw in the movie. And they realize it's a lot of hard work. And then they're like, N- never again. I, I, I'm going I, to get my... I'm I'm chopping off my dick. I'm not doing this again. Exactly. I, I, I just don't know they how... they just have one kid. I can't imagine
2: how the teachers would handle that class, though, if literally everyone in the class is called Putu. Putu. So how does that work, Perian?
1: I don't know, dude. I'm not Balinese. I mean, they make it work. Well,
2: why didn't you ask this question? This would be the first question I asked of the, that, the, the I, They
1: think they barcode though. Can you ring them up? Yeah. Putuko. Puto, it's Pyrion. Pyrion Flags. No, I know you don't remember me, but listen. I got a question for How
2: you. How would you know that you're talking to the right guy as well, well if you just rang him up and that said Poo Because Anyone in that family could answer. The dad's called Poo the granddad's
0: called
1: Poo
2: One of his He's brothers is
0: called the same. I know. It's not that it's not that far fetched because in the West everybody just like uses the same names as well. Every year there's like two or three really popular names, and guaranteed your I kid's mean, gonna yeah, be in yeah, a class with like ten of them. Let's, oh say my God, like new, let's see There's literally ten Khaleesi's in my in my son's class. I'm not even kidding.
1: But let's say you knew three Ted's. How would you differentiate in the same way you do everyone else? I'd be bold Ted. And then there'd be yeah. big Ted and little Ted or whatever. No, you, no, know. No.
0: you guys have an infestation of Toms in the office and you guys call. well. There's like fairly. 10 Toms in the office. But I think, do you know what?
2: I think what would happen though? It's a little bit like if you just, if you, if you say, Puto, do this that someone will get up and do it. Okay, a, the most a, a appropriate will, do. Yeah. will get up. They'll have like any affixes,
0: like they'll have like smelly putu and <laughs> tall putu and dumb putu exactly. and bucktooth poo Yeah, all, <laughs> there'll be ways to differentiate them and for they'd sure have because all of them
1: they'd have nicknames. Like they'd probably call the, ing- the youngest one would be like little brother or something like that. So they just say little brother, you go do that. So you know they, they they'd have a way. I mean, it's not like they're just walking around confused all the time. Yeah, you know, someone goes yeah. Puto and everyone on the street turns around and goes, Who who could oh. he mean? <laughs> no, is no, it no. Me? But maybe I don't know like you. That. Why are you calling me? I'm Puto. Maybe it's like an I'm... ant
2: colony. And just, <laughs> you know, anyone will be able to do it. Anyone will be able to answer your question. You know, you'll just stop a Puto on the street and he'll talk to you as if he's the one you already Man, know.
0: It sounds like a, you know. It sounds like the name of a Pokemon. Is that That's like was that, Is that is that where they got their inspiration? I think so, from?
1: yeah. Yeah. Nice. And the Putus
0: evolve into
1: Mega putu. I
0: choose you putu. Got to catch them Which all. One? But they've only got like this 7 like names. like 20 of them in a the
1: field. Huh? <laughs> me? You mean me? A putu ball. <laughs>
2: catch him in the putu ball. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, uh, man. Fuck. Tell me more about Bali. I want to know more about like what oh, you got up to Oh, it's great. I went there.
1: I went to a cockfight. Oh, you did? not I did. Yeah. They it, it's a ceremonial thing that in the temples that they have in Bali for the morning sort of before the morning prayers and everything, they shed blood by by sort of sacrifice, okay? So The second son has to be sacrificed. <laughs> they sacrifice, they go through a <laughs> lot of people, like it's a lot of Not people. Not my
0: little putu. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> blood, bloody putu, they call him, he's always got cuts and things, so so they'll, they'll kill a chicken or something. So to get around right. the fact that cockfighting is, you know, illegal in Bali, because you, know, you have to make that kind of stuff illegal, but everybody's like, ah, it doesn't matter. So they just kill a chicken by cockfight, like so they're still technically, it's a blood sacrifice, so they make out like it's a religious thing. So we, we're driving right. past this temple and there's all these guys shouting and waving and holding chickens. And I said to Putu, stop the van. I want to see a cop fight here before I go back he's like okay but I'm really against it and I was like yeah fair enough uh, but I, you know I just want to see one just once I want to I want to see what's up I've never been to one oh, God. and these guys look like they're having a great time so I just love to see it He was like okay I'll take you to the cockfight." so we go into the temple and there's all these guys I'm like the only foreigner there they all look at me for like two seconds and then they're back to the, looking at the the fight and they've got these two things and I didn't realize that they put a razor on the, on the sort of spur of the cockerel, otherwise the fight goes on too long so you put this on there and then whichever one does it we'll just razor the other one and that's it fight over blood sacrifice done no suffering they kill the chicken and on you go well minor suffering anyway so there's all these lads there and they're gambling like crazy and putu who told me he wasn't into it is front and center with a wad of money like take a bet to make a bet (laughs) and he he was really into it (laughs) <laughs> and he says to me, hey, so, which one's going to win? And they think, because I'm like this foreign outsider, I'll, I'll pick the lucky chicken. So I was like, I think that one's going to win. And the, so like the betting was changing based on my prediction because they are all like, oh yeah, get, get in on the, the foreigners bet. I want in on this. That's going to be lucky sort of thing. So they're all betting and the betting's exchanged. And then the guy's holding up the chickens and everyone's numbering like this. And then he holds up the other one. <laughs> and then they sort of, they poke them at each other. They're holding, holding them tight and they're jabbing them at each other to get them all riled up. And they throw them into the middle of this sort of little dusty ring and they just go at it. It's over in like two seconds. One of the cockerels Yo, raises Why the they... other one in the throat, job done, they hold up the winning cockerel, he gets taken off to have sex with all the chickens he wants and they ring the neck of the other one and job done. And on we went. And then money changes Why do they
0: fight though? What do they do to them to make them so angry? Because they, just... they
1: don't well cockerels, cockerels are fight ter- like... Cockerels will fight. Like
0: they're kind of, if you, if
1: you get a couple of angry cocks sips, right. shit's gonna kick right off, okay? Like just yeah, but I guess if they're out in the if they're out
0: in the wild, they can back off and go back to their room and stuff, and and not claim the territory. And because you've been Uh, poking them at each other, it's like
1: starting a fight. It's like grabbing someone's hands and pushing another person, making them push each other, and then pushing them into a ring. And they're they're so stupid. They're like, hey, why were you pecking me? You know, they don't say, wait a minute, why are we being forced into this futile struggle? Just for, for another being's entertainment, let us be friends. And then the man. other corporal sees an opening, slashes his throat, and lives. That's pretty much it. It was yeah. it was Jeez. it was brutal. It,
2: it's it, cockfighting is a little bit
0: like what people did before Pokemon, right? You know, it's it's <laughs> man. I can't I can't think of cockfighting and not think of that Seinfeld episode with the with the cockfighting and little Lil Jerry. <laughs> yeah, remember that, that one? Was a great Fuck episode. me. I was I can't. I've never been to like a, an animal fight like dog or cock I know like I guess they're super illegal as well but like they're sort of well documented right like you always see them in movies and stuff there's always a dog fight or a cock fight or and it's always something to do with like uh you know it's like some shady underground like all right we gotta go find Mr. Mistopheles where is he? He's underground. What's he doing? He's at a cockfight. <laughs> well, wow, let's go find him. Like it, it's always there, right? Cuz like all the gambling and stuff, yeah, but like yeah. you you're pretty fortunate in in a weird sense that you've seen one because like I don't think everybody will get to see one in exactly. their lifetime. Exactly.
1: And I mean, I just thought when I I am never going to get another chance. It, it's like no. a tra- it's like a tradition here. So I kind of felt like I wasn't going to some CD backroom no, thing. No, like and- if you
0: if you were if you were to do that in like England. You would feel horrible, yeah. Because like and like all that stuff, the, like badger the caliber of people and, there as well uh, would be like, "Fuck, holy shit, yeah. stone cold killers." I and, mean,
1: they, they're gonna kill. The, they're gonna kill a chicken anyway, and this just adds yeah. perhaps a, a cruel moment in the front. The chicken's still gonna die. It's still gonna get its neck wrung, and they're still gonna eat it. Like you know, that's the way it goes. So I, I didn't feel terrible. I, uh, yeah, it wasn't like a couple of dogs. where you think, shit, this could have been somebody's pet. And now they're forcing it to fight. Like that's brutal. This is yeah. it's it's a chicken, man. It's gonna die anyway. Come on. Well, um, yeah.
2: yeah, I think it's it, it's um it's a big religious. There's a lot of religious attachment to it. It's a lot. It goes back a very very long way. I and mean, I think that obviously one of the things that they're doing with those razors, I guess, is to shorten the suffering. Oh, yeah, of it goes the birds, on forever
1: right? otherwise. Like so, they, they're just yeah. raking at each other. You, and want, I mean, it that, you want it to be bad. quick. You That to be Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. back in the day, people had the stomachs for that, but nowadays everybody's like too much of a pussy. They just want it to be over quick and don't they want to get their money.
1: It's just a chicken with his eye hanging out. What? Just you you watched a two-hour
0: fight. You you watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: you're not a These man. These guys got to get to work, man. They got to do the temple stuff and go go to work. Oh shit. The bizarre
2: thing that got me initially, I was like, the temple. They have to go into the temple to, I guess, religion. You know, it's very set in its ways. Maybe you know, maybe the blood spilled on the blood sacrifice on the temple floor is like harkens back to something. I yeah, don't know. no, it's, yeah. it's
1: all. Yeah, it's a. It was a big part of it. And the other thing is, they have temples all over the island. Like these are like your your each family has a little temple like going back for for generations that's been their little sort of shrine if you like so this right. this small it looks like it's it's like maybe the size you know you know you know a portable toilet right yeah imagine a building with about three 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 square of those so about three cubed so it's about three and wide, three long, and about and, and about one high. That's it's like a shrine. All oh, right, okay. you don't really go in it. It's just you know, it's got a little garden. So in you there could and stuff. easily
0: have one of those in your backyard, sort of. Oh, thing. Oh,
1: yeah, often they do. So you'll often like a banana yeah. stand, right? So exactly. Yeah. and there's money yeah. in the banana stand, as we know. So you you can go to. There's cocks in that.
0: There's cocks stand. in that banana stand. Can you like upgrade each individual square? Like you could have like on one square you could have like a little like uh, basin for water, and then on another square you could just have like one of those japanese toilets that like sprays mist up your ass i'm sure you like could too. but
1: but i don't think you they go to the shrine they you don't could, they don't no. it's not like a daily visit oh I'm gonna go to the shrine again like it's just sort of something they I, do tend. you think it
0: could be a daily thing though it if could you were be yeah if it was in your, your house yeah your pimpage yeah
1: but they, so it's like, like, like having, a, it's like having an allotment i was more like having an allotment yeah. you know you tend to it occasionally sort of thing but they they're yeah, literally everywhere yeah. and the legally they're not allowed to move them Okay, so they're, they're there and that's that. So when you're going around, the road will sort of meander around these, this little shrine that, that's that's there in the middle of this, the road sort of thing, and, and they're just sort of there everywhere. And I, I, wow. the hotel we were staying at was a ridiculously nice hotel, because my dad was like, I'll send you guys somewhere nice for your honeymoon. I was like, thank you so much. That was like his present to us. So we're at this amazing, nice. stunning five-star hotel with this golf course. I don't play golf, but I thought I'd play it anyway. I'm sure i told this story before, maybe even on Man, the podcast. so you just did
0: everything while you were there. Yeah, it was great. It was
1: the best two weeks. Um, but I'm playing golf on the golf course, and there's a shrine in the middle of the fairway on like the fourth no. hole. So there's this right. shrine and the, the my instructor, I'd had like a week of lessons. Every time I had a lesson, he'd just sort of shake his head. <laughs> we'll try again tomorrow like that. Like I just couldn't get the hang of it. I was terrible. I was really stiff and I didn't didn't get the hang of the swing. And I was just like hacking yeah, at you this gotta,
0: ball. It's all in the hips. You got to like exactly. move your hips. It's kind of loose,
1: you know, and I, I didn't yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, his yeah. English was very halting. So he couldn't really tell me what was going wrong, but he knew to say, very bad, very, very bad, like that. But it's pretty much... Putu disappointed you. with you. <laughs> Putu... Swing hate, hips! Putu hates you. Putu hate your swing. I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. So we're Go out there on the Go inside and will give you massage. This is different Putu, not me. <laughs> this is Lady oh Putu. Don't be afraid. So I'm on the fairway and I'm ready to drive. And he says to me, don't hit the shrine. It's like, okay. He said, do not hit the shrine. We'll get in big trouble. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So oh my God, it's,
2: it's it's like putting a ball through your neighbor's window. Exactly. That's what
1: <laughs> so what do you think I did? I sliced oh, this hit,
0: thing you, and it hit the shrine. Pings
1: off the shrine. This chunk of masonry falls off the
0: wall. A mini nuclear detonation. It was terrifying. Small mushroom cloud and on the fairway. I just sort of <laughs> like you know up. when
1: you hunch your shoulders like you're sort of like that, like that, and yeah. I look at I look at presumably Putu, and I can't remember his name. And he sort of looks at me and he's making the same expression. And the girl on the golf cart is making the same expression. So we all hop in the golf cart and zoom to the next hole. He's just like, just play on, play on. The door door
2: to the shrine opens
1: up and like (laughs) two chickens and like two men come running out. (laughs) Oh man, it was rough. Like it was just unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. But we just went to the next hole. But the the girl that drove the golf cart was also responsible for going and fetching the golf balls that I would slice into the undergrowth. And she did right. it like she was unbelievable. Like I would slice this thing into what looked like a jungle and she would just leap off the golf cart and ch- like sprint in there full pace. And she'd have the ball in like two seconds. And at the end, the guy said to me, cause you tip everybody in Bali if you're a foreigner because they all earn so little, right? And I said to him, yeah. how much should I tip? her? Because she worked really hard. He said, oh, don't give her much. She's just a golf cart girl. And I was like <laughs> And so I gave him a good tip and I gave her the same amount and this caused some kind of friction. But the amount <gasps> oh, that I'd given yeah.
2: her You have to be careful. Uh,
1: yeah, you do, but the amount that I'd given her was was so much that she was like stunned but it was like 5 pounds but to them that was like like most of the people that worked at the hotel didn't earn a salary they earned like a meal that was what they got paid in so they'd come into work Fuck. they'd have they'd eat breakfast at home they'd come into work they'd get a lunch at the restaurant it would be nice food cuz it's like the hotel food but that was it and then they were and then in the evening they were off but they worked like 18 hour days for no actual money just food So that's saving the family some money and she's out of the house, I guess, and tips is what they live on. So they're at the hotel. They don't get paid by the hotel because the hotel's like, what? We're feeding you and you get tips from all these rich foreigners. What more do you want? It's shocking. So when I gave her the tip, that was like a big chunk of change for for a Balinese lady. But yeah, it was, it was scary. I mean, that was the problem is it was this beautiful island, but I felt super depressed because anytime you went anywhere, there were just all these incredibly poor people. Uh, who was so grateful? Uh, they were trying to sell shit yeah. all the time. If we're taking a coach trip somewhere, they're running alongside the the van that we were in, like banging on the windows and holding up shit they're selling. And this guy's got like this beautifully carved mahogany sort of little sort of uh, snake thing he's trying to sell. This other guy's trying to sell some some sort of wooden uh, kitchen implements. And this other guy, I swear to God. He's carrying this full-size grandfather clock that he's carved out of a tree. He's <laughs> just running alongside with this Just He's <laughs> just bonging away. <laughs> just bong, carrying this bong, thing. Bong. And I was like, how much is that... Going to be? Because, I, you know, he said, $10, $10. I was like, and and they love to haggle. So if I'd said, I'll give you $5 for the grandfather clock, he would have been like, yeah, no problem. So I just thought you could come here with a hundred pounds and leave with like a van load of stuff just by exploiting how desperate
0: they are. It was crazy. haggling, Haggling is hard, isn't it? Because like, I think haggling works if you're from that country, And you sort of know your way around haggling, but when you're from a a foreign country that's perceived as like very wealthy and that you're just like a walking ATM to them sort of thing... Um, it's impossible to haggle. They're just like, nah, fuck you. No, I'm not they, haggling they, with they, you. It's kind like, of they you're going to pay me a full premium price. I don't even want to haggle. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure they ha-
1: stick the price high, but they still haggle. Like if you go oh, up, well, and they'll say 100 whatevers and you'll say, I'm not paying 100. And they'll say 80, 80 whatevers. And you'll say, geez, 80, come on, I'll give you 60. And I realize I'm haggling over 5p. Like that's how much it yeah. is to me. But they're doing it and I'm doing it. And you you realize you're haggling over literally pocket change like well,
0: the, the, that i mean i my, i tried to haggle with an egyptian taxi driver one time and he was just not having it i was like <laughs> i was ready for it too i was like oh fuck okay here we go now we're gonna haggle and he's like 20 tw- 20 pounds it was like egyptian pounds <laughs> right 20 pounds i was like no no come on come on 90s like 20 <laughs> Well, how about 18? 20 pounds. <laughs> he was just not fucking having it. He was so mad. He was so fucking grouchy as well. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's get out of here. <laughs> 20 pounds. Just like ran out. I don't even know where we... We just got out in the middle of nowhere as well. Fucking place... Like Egypt was... I, I went on a similar trip uh, to Egypt. Uh, it was like um, kind of... It wasn't like a honeymoon or anything like that, though. It was just It was just a trip for the, for the sake of a trip sort of thing. And like, oh, I, I don't know if Bali's like this, but... You know, we got a five-star hotel and we thought, fuck, it's going to be amazing. It wasn't, like, that amazing. Like, a five-star hotel in Egypt is just, like, not not great. Like, they need, like, a higher star rating or something for the better (laughs) hotels. Because, like, five stars just wasn't enough. Everything just sounded like it was going to be so much better than it was. Mm. And, like, we were just, like, like, it was just, like, disappointment after disappointment. And Mm, then when when we left, we were like, oh, fuck. (laughs) That's a shame. I don't... I didn't like Egypt, and I never want to come back. It was like, oh God, it was.
2: The haggling though is it's much easier to haggle when you don't want something, right? It's like you know, someone comes comes up to you, you know, you're at a place like browsing around. They say, you know, yeah. carpet hundred pounds, you say, well, pff, like, fuck you, I, you know, I I want I, 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 I don't want a cup And then it go eighty yeah. pounds. No, 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 I don't want it. Sixty. No, no, I don't want any cup. Fifty. It's like okay, fine. Do you know what? I have a carpet. That's the best way to <laughs> negotiate, right? But if you it went is, there, if you went in there and said, "Hey, I'm looking to buy a carpet. What have you got?" and he's like, "I got this, two hundred pounds," and you're like, "Well, uh, I don't, I don't even." If you say, "Oh, sure, I want a carpet, two hundred pounds," but that's a bit expensive. Maybe I'll pay one hundred eighty. You know, do you know what I mean? If you don't want something in the first place, or at least if you have the attitude of not wanting it, that's the yeah. best way to to move forward. If you go out Wait. with the intention, they see you, they clock you. It's all about body language. It's about doing it. They, yeah. This is their thing that they've done day in, day out for
0: like fifty years. You know they can read you. They sell. They try to sell so much crap though. Like I remember when we went around Europe. We took trains around Europe and just like for two weeks, just took trains and tried to like visit all like the major cities. Did you and give them back?
1: Hey! No. Uh,
0: anyway, so we went around and and every every train station is littered with people who are are clearly on massive amounts of drugs all the time, like real down and outs and stuff, and and people trying to sell stuff like. But not, not you know, not a guy with a hand-carved uh, grandfather clock. Like, they buy really cheap shit, like, you know, dancing Mickey Mouses. You know, those, like, wiry things that dance when music plays somehow. But they're they're cheap as, as anything. And you just saw them everywhere. Like, there's always, like, a guy standing outside the train station with, like, uh, yeah. a bed sheet on the ground. And it was just covered in these dancing fucking Mickey Mouses yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then occasionally you'd have, like... You know, like in Paris, they'd have people selling like all these, like, they looked like they were made of pewter, but they weren't. They were just plastic with like gold paint on them, Eiffel Towers and, and shit like that. But when we were in, I think it was Rome or it might have been Venice there was like, there's this, there's this one street we went down and it was just full of these people um, selling the, these, and like the Mickey Mouses were there, of course, but like, you know, all these like souvenirs and stuff. So this is all like laid out on the ground, like on a bed sheet or like on a pillowcase or something. And these guys just standing around listening to music, trying to sell the stuff. And so we're going through and then we we come across this guy and he's got this sheet down and he's like, <laughs> the stuff he was selling was just somebody's purse and the contents of that purse that like, <laughs> he stole it, clearly it was like one purse and then there was like like a lipstick and and like a little mirror and it was like it was just like it, it wasn't even like duplicates of anything it was all just, you can just tell he just just snatched this purse and he was just trying to sell everything inside it fucking so weird That's it was amazing. pretty funny yeah all right, I, unfortunate as I got a, a well. complete change of subject
1: here this was something that really really made me laugh this morning okay i'm on the way back from dropping the kids at school and it's recycling day around here on a thursday and so everybody's put out their recycling uh, something has fallen out of one of the recycling bins and it's a piece right. of junk mail I can tell straight away because I got the same piece of junk mail. It's like something from Barclay card uh, It was for Mrs. F. It was just like their usual mass billing thing that they do that not billing thing It's yeah, just yeah. a ma- mail-out that just says hey, you can get a credit card now with the incredible rate of 1,000 APR sign up here Like you can see yeah. the branding was the same logo on the front same little word and I could see it and everything but written on the front of the envelope was stop moving my letters right, was written there, like scrawled there in biro. And I realized like this had been written because someone in this person's house was moving their letters around. And they'd seen this letter wherever they leave their posts. Like most people, when the post comes in, they've got like a little table or they, they tuck it in. Like there's a place where you put the post so it's not just on the on the mat next to the front door. Right, And they'd obviously been, someone in their house that they are living with was moving their letters. Now, or
0: maybe it was like a like a like a, a house like that co- converted into flats or something. Well, no, you know, but they, sometimes... these are all
1: flats. They, so this this bit along here okay. is all flats. Not not me, but like our house is all um, our, our road is all terraced houses. But the other part, sort of near next to our road that I walk past, it's all it's ex council flats that are now just right. flats, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. this this is someone living in the house and whoever they're living with, their family or their housemate or whatever, has My been nan. moving their letters. Their nan. It's actually it, your nan, isn't it? It's, it's your house. It's, it's I mean, my this nan, was your house. It is yeah. not. I, I want to stop that right there. This is not me, okay? <laughs> I, I do not care about who moves my, quote, let- I letters. I do not move anyone's letters. I do not.
0: It you're was very, not me. You're but, very... But, you have, like, there's... Where the letters go, you've, like, drawn a square, and they have to fit in there <laughs> right? perfectly. A or, dotted uh, line, so and the letters out. go in yeah. there. Exactly.
1: But what was I liked this, about it was... Was this very angrily written? Very. Like, is, scratched. Really scratched. So... First of all, whoever's writing it, I like the idea that they, their letters have to be in this place, not in the other place, okay? And they've then they've obviously re-put the letters where they were, and they've written on the top one, stop moving my letters. <laughs> not <Okay>? good enough. <laughs> For the next person, like whoever it is is moving them is gonna come to move them going and be like, whoa, and see that note, which I thought was really funny that they didn't just say to them, can you stop moving my letters? They've had to really angrily write, stop moving my letters.
0: Yeah, that's of all, a very British thing right. as well, isn't it? But
1: second of all, nobody gets letters anymore. It's, it's all junk mail or a bill. That's it. So I also like the idea that this person exactly, sits yeah. there with their letters. Ah, oh, my correspondence has arrived. And they <laughs> sit but in my their armchair. In Peru. And they open it up our oh, Barclay Card. Yes. I'm on very good terms with Barclay card. They write to me often. Thank goodness this letter wasn't moved, or I would have moved this missed this important missive from Barclay I don't Card not see what, what I would do if somebody had moved
2: my letters.
1: I would what? never have known about this fabulous offer or with a Short time of availability. How would I know that you can get
2: 10% off a
1: greasy pizza from <laughs> the local established pizzament? Uh, for,
2: for only the next <laughs> 14 piz- days uh,
1: this this cab firm has been in contact with me before I believe I shall <laughs> do business with this local cab firm they also run a car to Heathrow did you know I would not have known that had someone moved my letters <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know but maybe listen some people just have very spidery angry looking handwriting because no, people dude. don't write very
0: often these no, days so maybe it was just you could tell a lot thing. by h- handwriting blood. like you know yeah, they've written. In like, blood. You know, remember, remember when you used to exchange notes with girls in school, and girls always had really upbeat, bubbly writing. Like, yes, you know, like with big circles on the eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, and like, and it would always be like, oh man, I can't believe, like, I can't even remember what she looks like, but I bet she's pretty hot based on this handwriting. Yeah, it's all boobs but then, and butts, all of that. Yeah, lettering. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like really curvy lettering and stuff. Yeah. And then me is like all. Just, it looked like a, like a three-year-old with a crayon, with, crayoning need, well, it, Yeah, Yeah. My handwriting doesn't reveal much about me except that I'm a dumbass. Like yeah, that's same
1: it. people look at my handwriting. Like I, I have to write in the reading record. So when my kids come home from school with school with, with reading books, we read them and then I write in the little record book, what books they read and how they did. So the teacher can keep tabs on, on how their reading's going and what, whether they should move them up a group or down a group or whatever and i've realized now that the teacher must look at my handwriting and think such a shame that their father is mentally backwards uh, because oh
0: man so my wife does all that her handwriting i'm not even joking is like fucking amazing it's like reading a printout yeah. like from a computer mine it's is like terrible. so clear and perfect and then mine just looks fucking awful like well, it, it's it, offensive uh, it's so I, bad yeah. I,
2: for me like i guess of course, I was. Course I grew up having access to a word processor and a computer and typing stuff. Fancy! I,
0: look at Mister Fancy. I grew pants up
2: here. in a word processor household, so I am no privileged upbringing. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> at the time, that was pretty unusual, right? Mm. My, I, I, I only had that. It was like a BBC computer, and the only reason yeah. we had that was because my dad did
0: accounting on it. It was expensive to buy that did, kind of did stuff. Did they have QuickBooks so, back then? Was it like a big deal? Like. I have to take a week off work to do my. Accounts. I
2: don't think you even. I don't think he even. These computers he only had. He didn't actually do accounting on them. He just used it to send out posh-looking letters, and it was like almost like an expensive typewriter kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I sort of only half learned joined-up writing. Okay, so my writing was always my writing's not very good either. But I kind of obviously got about halfway through learning joined-up writing when someone said, "Ah, don't bother. No one's going to need to write anymore," and so. My writing is sort of – so some letters I do joined up and others I don't. It's, I guess everyone's at a different stage. But the same thing, though, happened with like touch typing and learning to type fast. So I see some people around the office, and it's people that you wouldn't think, okay? They are right down, looking at the keyboard, pecking away with, like, two fingers. Ugh. And it's, it's very surprising who those people are. And I, I don't – I can't touch type perfectly. When you see someone who can, you're, you're amazed. But my my sort of I was very self taught and I guess a lot of people must be. But you, back then you could learn. You could go through programs and teach you how to Mavis type, Beacon optimi, teaches typing. And it was a good it's a good investment to have, by the way, to to properly learn. And there's probably like there's probably like websites you can go to. Yeah, now and they'll to do the the
0: thing. The quick brown fox jumps over the the brown log thing. Did you guys do those? <laughs>
1: Lazy dog. The, the, yeah, yeah. Dog, that's, yeah. That's the, the thing they
0: used to show all of the letters on the um the,
1: uses, uh, the quick uh, brown the, fox uh, jumped the, over uh, the brown fox. I'm pretty sure. The two the two cockrooms enter uh, the shrine Poutou. and the man
2: hits the golf ball <laughs> and Poo gives him a rub down. I don't know. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, so, so, so so no, I I I I'm exactly the same as you. I half learned to write and I half learned to type. I don't think he said that that.
0: That was the case with him, though. He just said his handwriting is... Fucking bad. I mean, it's bad because when I'm writing, like me,
1: and I'm sure this, is, like, my handwriting wasn't always terrible. I, I mean, recently I have uncovered all my old D and D books, and I put them up because I've got these new shelves. Anyone that's watched my stream will have seen I have got new shelves, and I've liberated all my hey, nerd I stuff. Saw. Right? It's all I, up.
0: I noticed that the weird clinical bed is still in there, though. It's, I guess It's you can't just really... a bed,
1: but uh, there's nowhere else to
0: put it. Like Mrs. F you know was know like, get rid is, of the though, bed. But we need it.
2: It's
1: just his his grand grand the man has frame. To sleep somewhere. No, she's put in the. the she's just in the put the mattress on the floor and get rid of the frame that looks terrible the frame isn't it is a nice frame i don't know why everybody hates it it is a nice frame it's just because it's, it's the, white. it looks
0: like an, an asylum yeah. frame. It I, yeah but
1: it's it, honestly you're seeing the other end of it if you see the nice end of the frame it's it's nice it's like well turn the fucking bed around no, then i don't, I don't want to have to turn it around because <laughs> then i'd have to take it apart the room is small enough that i can't actually turn it around like, oh, it, sucks, you know what yeah. I mean? So it, it's like, this is the way it is. I built it this way. It's going this way. It's fine. It's fine. So anyway. Is the room too small I've, or I, is the, is the, the, the room bed what? too big? The, both. That's a good question. Oh. What kind of, what size bed is it? Just to give us a it's little just a inc- idea of, It's just a single bed. It's just a single bed. But the, So the, I've realized that the, the width of the room is a single bed plus maybe two feet. So when I'm trying to turn this thing with all the other furniture in here, it's not. Is gonna that happen.
0: room like the box room? This the is the box room. Like, this is the box. It's room. So, so small exactly. that it's not even really a room. Exactly.
1: I made it into an office, and now it's got all That's my a shit. Good idea. It is. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm now looking through all my old D and D books and role playing books, and my handwriting <laughs> used to be pretty good. Because I had to write all these adventures and shit, so I'm looking. At it, I'm like, wow, my handwriting used to be pretty good, but I didn't have a computer back then. And I've realized that now I've got a computer. When I'm writing, what I'm thinking is, why isn't this quicker? Like I could type this quicker. So I'm writing no, at the speed but not I type.
0: Not just that. Type. Your wrist hurts like after really, two really seconds quickly. of writing. Yeah, but yeah.
1: I, honestly, it's just it's just the fact that I'm trying to write at the same speed I type at. And it's just so slow and laborious. I just get bored of making the letters look like letters and they just turn into squiggles.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a shame. I see. It's a That's where shorthand and stuff like that comes in there. Yeah. In the yeah. Irritation. Listen, um,
0: just to um, change the subject again, I know that we don't talk about video games on this podcast much mm. because it leads to um, depressing chats. But I don't normally play horror games because I don't like them. Mm. Um, but I played Resident Evil 7. And I, I saw. It is fucked up like really <laughs> fucked up no it's good though it's well it's well done like okay. I, I, if you like that sort of thing i would play it like okay I think it's like 10 hours apparently and it's like the story seems cool i had to read about the story because i have there's no hope of me ever finishing the game uh, but like really it's pretty cool yeah it's like are you just not everybody's, with everybody's saying that this this game is like um, saved, like, the Resident Evil yeah, that's what I franchise did, yeah. because the, the last game was, like, not very good and, and oh, whatnot. Fuck but... off. So they fuck stripped
2: it right off. Saved the fucking franchise. Like, it's had, like, four bad games in a row. They pro- this, this one would have been shit. They would have made another one. It would have sold enough copies to make another one, and that one would have been shit. I don't think nah, just because a good one faith. comes along, they can, can say, can oh, it suddenly
0: saved the whole it thing. It would have gone down the can, for sure. Like no, you can't, no it hasn't you can't gone just down the can after 20 shit. bad
2: games. It's never going to... It's a little bit like. I don't XCOM. think that's how it works. You know, with XCOM, well, we were talking about this last night. They made XCOM, and they were good games. Then they made like seventeen bad ones. And yeah, then and then and and it, the and franchise was, was dead. They stopped you know, making them. They stopped them.
0: making them. It died. It was only. It took them twenty years for somebody, an old fan of the genre and the the original games. To revive it and well, make it good Well, maybe it was better off dead. No, it's great. The studio and the publisher that made the original games are both long gone now because yeah, they yeah. were so terrible. Like uh, they had to, they, they they had to sell the IP like three, four times to different companies who picked it up and and did worse with it, sort of thing. It's only now that XCOM is back, so it's back, I think baby. that they could easily ditch. Um, Resident Evil, or it was heading for the ditch, by the sounds of it. Isn't it? And, it oh, yeah. <clears throat> and they decided with this game that they were going to strip it back down, make it like just a horror game, a really simple horror game. And, I mean, don't take it from me, because I don't play horror games. I don't know which ones are good and which ones aren't. But this this game well, so, really scared the pejesus out so, of me. So and was it jump scares? It there There was a couple of jump scares in the hour and a half that I played it, but it, the lead-up to them was super well done. Like, there was a lot of, like, tropes and a lot of, like, sort of things, like, that I, I could creepy guess children. were going to happen. There's a creepy child in it somewhere. Uh, okay. At least there's some some imagery Is alluding to that. there a clown mask? <clears throat> no clown mask, uh, which I was surprised about. So, I was streaming this yesterday, and... I was pulling out all the stops in, in terms of trying to not be scared of this game, okay? Okay, like, you so know, you, like uh, all you the, were all, playing in broad shit.
2: daylight with like, yeah. you know, midday. It was, it,
0: the sun was shining in. Okay. I was like, and, and I was literally resorting to shit that you resort to when you're like six years old and you're scared of something. So were you like,
2: playing it in a window with Twitch fingers, chat on the f- other fingers, monitor? Yeah, fingers okay. in
0: front of my eyes, like oh. just like, like looking through the crack of my fingers because I was so scared. Oh. I had to put music on. To like lighten the mood a bit uh, I had to pause it like constantly mm. And like sort Oh of god like, that's
2: the one which I do when I'm watching a horror film Just pausing it yeah pausing it and like stopping
0: And you, you pause yeah. it and you just have to like you, you know you just have to calmly Collect yourself again And then you know you know sort of like beef yourself up a bit sometimes, for like the next though, sometimes five all minutes. these
2: things make it worse though sometimes you think these things are going to help but they actually just it make
0: anticipation it worse yeah. yeah my in my mind it was much worse than the reality cuz like when when stuff finally did happen it was like oh it was like kind of scary but at, it was like oh you know it wasn't that bad i i'd really built it up to be this huge thing that it wasn't
1: do you know what the but, do man, you know what the, the key is the key is to to playing horror games and not getting scared. And I've started doing this if I ever play one. Right, is, okay.
2: This is some good advice. This is this for is not gr- being a PU55Y. Yeah. So this, this is good advice. get.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is how you get past it, all right? For anyone out there watching and thinking, oh, I always try to play horror games because I get too scared. Fail a lot early on. Just get killed by everything, find out all the scary stuff. If you do if you're scared, just that, just yeah, run through it as it an experiment does. and say, All right, this is creepy, but let's find out. Let's just run through, treat it like a game. So don't get so invested in it. This is it. if you want to somehow mm. play and not really enjoy I don't know, the though. game. I
0: still think for it, I think my experience was better because I was so no, fucking exactly. scared. And I think that that's it's designed to be like exactly. that. And if, I, if you point. play it that way and you are fucking scared and you're just so fucking reluctant to do anything. Like, I, I just noped out like yeah. 20 times. I, saw I, I literally yeah. pressed Alt-F4 and I was like, fuck, I can't play this. Like, I, I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm I'm but done. like... Yeah, but I, but then it came back because I was like, "Oh fuck, I want to see like because it's 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 a really creepy fucking story. Like it's like it, it, it borrows heavily from the first season of True Detective. I found you remember that? You yeah, know, yeah. I, that I don't know if you guys watched it, but oh, it takes it place like in in the fucking um, the you bayou. know the deep South. Yeah, 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 and it's all these like old ass fucking shitty houses, and 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 they're like you know, you go in them and there's just like fucking plates of maggots and stuff like yeah, that. like Florida like, noir horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Florida so noir. So the, the first part of the game and maybe even the rest of the game, I'm not sure, but I'll never know now. But um, the first like hour and a half of the game, you're in one of those houses and it's dark and there's nobody there, but there's people there and like, because you can hear them every once in a while and shit, but you're, you're sort of like thumbing around with a flashlight trying to find out what's going on and shit and it's like, the lead up to shit happening is like so fucking creepy and stuff. And like eventually you go down into the cellar and it's like a fucking torture dungeon. And oh, there's right, like right, right. all not- this shit. And it's like play it, man. I, I think you like it, Lewis. I, like for a single player experience. I'll pick it up. Yeah, this week blast through it in like ten hours and see what you think. But it's it's fucking good, man. It's like really like somehow. Even though I was super scared, I was like I wanted to play it more, but I just I can't. I'm too much of a pussy. I like, want to play, play that.
1: Uh, I want to play that game. Uh, My neighbor, I think it's called. Okay. Or he- hello neighbor, I think it's called. And it's basically you have to break into your neighbor's house, and he's it's very cartoony. Like he's this big burly guy that looks like uh, a slightly sort of a, a fairly wealthy middle aged guy who's maybe, he used to be kind of athletic in his youth, and now maybe he still goes shooting occasionally. You know, he's, he's got that look right. about him. He chases you around, you gotta try and hide from him. So it's like a stealth game, but he also, you have to run from him, you can barricade stuff, and sometimes he he will do stuff to try and trap you. So he will barricade doors, and you can take out light bulbs to sort of hide in the dark and stuff. It, if you watch some videos of it, it looks absolutely petrifying. So it's coming out in see summer.
2: That. It says, "Hello, neighbor" is a stealth horror game about sneaking into your neighbor's house and figuring out what he's hiding in the basement. Right. However, he is an advanced AI who learns from your actions,
0: so you have to oh, try and outsmart me. him. Oh fuck me! So, so another thing that apparently is like a big thing that you can do with Resident Evil Seven is you can play it in VR.
1: Oh which, fuck that!
0: Fuck that! Like there's no fucking way. I did, I, would I made be doing it one that.
1: minute into the VR horror demo where you're just walking around a creepy house and then something jumps out at you. One minute. All right, I started no fucking I'm way. walking down the down the the, the the hallway, a picture falls off the wall, I took off the headset. I was like, I'm done. That's it. And they were like this was the day. I, I
0: startle really fucking easily too. Yeah. Like if I'm outside walking and a, and a horn honks, that'll startle yeah, me. Same. I'll be like, oh! you like yeah. I, I so like fucking jump scares, I'm hopeless. Yeah, it's like awful. I literally I can't
2: do Honestly, it. Honestly, like pfft, I, I, I. The people have got so good at picking, like making these games and making these films, where they really just hone in on what is what makes you scared, what makes a human like terrified. That when it comes to doing it for VR, I feel like it's like easy mode all again. You know, it's like if we apply these things that we know work well on just a a two D thing, now put it into like a much more immersive environment, and oh my god, some people absolutely worship these horror things though, like Hannah loves loves the um, like the adrenaline stuff that comes from getting a bit scared, Ugh. you know, and so she's like a big aficionado, plays all the horror games, watches all the horror films, just can't get can't it. get enough of it. I
1: hate it. I, 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 I honestly hate it. Too, hate yeah. it. It's I, really I think it's not like, like an
2: adrenaline junkie thing. Maybe it's like a little bit like doing skydiving or something. I mean,
0: if you if that's the case, just go fucking skydiving. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, don't well, don't that's watch scary, like, right? some weird fucking debasing horror movie. Like, it, you know, it's awful. Like, even in the game, like the shit that... Like, I, you fight this... Well, I, I don't want to spoil it in case you guys play it, but like, it's fucking gruesome, man. Like, some really gory shit happens and it's like... Jesus Christ! Like, well, you know, there's, like, there's different levels of of horror, of, of hit horror.
2: Like, there's, obviously, you can sometimes have a film that's all psychological horror, and you never even see the kind of the
0: creepy. There's never any gore. Like and when a stranger calls back, back. This is like a suspense one. Remember? Do you remember that movie when a stranger calls back? Do you remember watching that when you were like smaller? Or, I, like, don't I've I don't remember. I remember like in your teens or whatever. I went to a sleepover party. Okay, like when I was like ten. Okay. Like it was a birthday thing, and the the big thing was you always had to rent like a horror movie. But a stranger calls. You couldn't couldn't rent something too gory. So I've never heard of this movie, right? But this is obviously something
2: from your childhood. An hour and a half long, 1993, made for TV psychological horror film. Yeah. Okay. Sequel to oh, sequel to the 1979 When a Stranger Calls. So When a Stranger Calls Back was the follow up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the whole movie is a woman alone in a house, okay? And it's, like, there's, like, a fucking thunderstorm outside, of course. Like, this spooky night. This person keeps phoning. And at first, it's, like, he phones up and he's, like, oh, hey, um, you know, I, I live a couple doors down and I'm... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm on my own or whatever. Is 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 Jenny around or something? Like, no, no, Jenny's not here. I'm babysitting, I'm blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. and it, it starts off all nice and stuff, yeah, and then it, it just I progressively it. gets creepier and creepier. And he's and he's like, I'm in your house now, and she's like, Stop fucking it! What the fuck? And everything, and you know, it, it's this huge suspense trip, and it is like this psychological. Thing. And the whole time, you're, yeah, yeah, and and it's one of these ones where you're just like the whole time you're just like oh, I can't look. Uh, i don't want to pause it I right, i need to go to the bathroom and you're just trying to like not wimp out and like you're in a room with like all these other guys that you're having a sleepover with and some of them are just like no oh, the fuck this fucking movie sucks let's go <laughs> smoke or something you're like ah geez oh god <laughs> what am i gonna do <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's like oh fuck me yeah like suspense and and horror and stuff is just like not for me at all i can't do it oh it's too yeah, oh, it's really interesting
2: this is so... Oh, flipping heck. There's this, like... A lot of these things come from something before, okay? Everything's built on each other. So when I, well, I just looked this up on Wikipedia and it took me on this little journey backwards. So it said, you know, when a stranger calls back is obviously a sequel to the classic When a Stranger Calls, which is from 1979. I don't know which yeah. one you saw, but I assume when it... I, assume I think it might have been
0: When a Stranger Calls, but it could have been When a Stranger Calls Back. I don't it know. feels like
2: it feels like that's the kind of thing you might
0: watch like when you were... It was the one like, where where she's trying to find him and she, she knows he's in the house and she can't find him. And then it turns out in the end... He was wearing like... uh, It might have been when A Stranger Calls Back because it sounds so fucking dumb. Like maybe it is when A Stranger Calls Back. He's wearing like a fucking bodysuit with... With, like, bricks painted onto it so that he can blend in with the brick wall. Okay. That's so stupid. <laughs> and that's the thing at the end. And it's like, oh, fuck, the whole time he was in the house, he was, he was phoning, the phone he was call phoning coming from within the house from the and he was wall. camouflaging with the brick wall. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know, it's like, whatever. I love that.
2: So so that was uh, that was uh, inspired by the, the classic the, yeah, folk legend yeah. of the babysitter and the man The upstairs. phone calls coming
1: from inside the house. That's what the operator says. So the first time I heard that story, it scared the shit out of me. I would have been about 11 yeah. or 12 years old. And my friend and I were reading, we, he had this book of scary stories and we were reading it together and we were sort of reading it and we just sat there next to each other, like in his room, we're just reading the book next like to it together. And you could tell we were reading at the same speed because we both got to... The final, like the the reveal, and we both went white as a sheet. Like we were both petrified by this story, yeah. and it was uh, like yeah. we both sort of looked at each other with this look of utter terror. And I mean, it, it's it's not scary now. Like it's a it's a it's a trope, you know. It's like so cliche. But the fir- the thing is, the first time you hear all this stuff, it's not cliche for you. It's genuinely terrifying. So we were like, oh my god, that was so scary. Like we couldn't believe it, and we went downstairs and told his dad, and his dad was like, geez, that's like the oldest story around. Come on, how does that scare you?
0: And we're like. <laughs> well, we only just heard it for the first time. It's still scary. So yeah. Then s- similarly, I remember being in my friend's basement. Okay, I was sleeping at his house, and we were watching Jerry Springer at like two in the morning. Okay, and we're we're just sitting there watching it, and you know it was it was like. Talking about like uh, this, you know, this lovers' tiff or whatever, and and this girl Cindy comes on, Woo, Cindy! and she's all like, "Oh, you know, like, we dated a couple of times, and they said this and that, and they're like trying to work it out or whatever." And like Cindy came out, and we're like, "Holy shit, Cindy's pretty good looking!" And we're, so we're watching this, and, and and then Springer comes out, and he's like, "All right, everybody, but there's a twist to this," and you're like, "All right, <laughs> all right, Jerry, what's what's the twist?" And you're like, "Well." What Gary doesn't know is that Cindy is actually a man. Ooh, and it was like, it was God. like it was that moment. It was the same moment you just described. Me and my friend both like turned our heads, looked at each other, both white as a sheet. We're like, <laughs> what? This is possible? <laughs> like <laughs> bearing in mind, this is like 1990. Yeah, it We're was like, new then. What? Like the what? first what time
1: the they did fuck? the Cindy's actually a dude. Everyone Cindy, it blew everybody's Cindy
0: mind. Cindy is a man? How the fuck she looks so much like a woman? Like, is this what is this what we have to look forward to in our adulthoods? So, like, we're not going to know and stuff? Like, we were so fucking scared. It was, like, unbelievable. <laughs> about the dumbest fucking thing. Like, when we were kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But it, it's just, like, I'll never forget that moment. Like, we've just... Th- he was it, there it's just, like, with Poutou. Poutou. just this... Pucu. Pucu oh, couldn't believe man. it. Man, we was... were just... You mean, Poutou What is going on? <laughs> what? putina? No! Yeah. Cheers, oh, alright. We got a bodega? Anyway. We
1: do. It's it's uh, it's an interesting do. one this week. It's very very Odega. different to the other ones, but are you ready? Is it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't I know quite so. how to pronounce this. It's it's Spanish okay. for 12. So is it do, do, doce or doce? I can't remember anyway. Part 12, let's say it that way. Bodega. Part 12. Zero, 01100110101. Zero, 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 Dromed Kretos Nebish, one of the most surveilled men in the galaxy. He was arguably the best and most prolific computer hacker in the galaxy, and for three years he'd been under house arrest in his apartment on Snide 4, and for that entire period, even in his sleep, he'd been emitting a string of binary digits. Investigator Patar knew this, because for those three years she'd been watching Nebish on a small monitor in a tiny, cramped, hateful surveillance truck jammed up against her large, sweaty, hateful tech assistants. Anything today, she asked, wheezing on a vape and sipping a scoffy. Nah, said the tech guy. Even in those three years she hadn't spoken with the tech guys, other than in a professional capacity. She'd just sat there fiddling with her phone, waiting for Nebish to do something, to give himself away somehow, to slip up. He hadn't. The binary was, presumably, Nebish's way of flaving with the feds. As soon as his trial at the Supreme Court of Snide had ended the way it had, in a legal deadlock, he was doomed. Any trial on Snide was essentially a life sentence, thanks to the insanity of their judiciary. 90% of the beings on Snide were lawyers, or worked for lawyers. The other 10% were cops or judges. Every other need and function was handled by robot. Everything was automated, except, by law, the law. As a result, the planet's entire economy was structured around lawsuits, and naturally Patar was being sued by both of her tech assistants, and she in turn was countersuing them. The cases would never see a courtroom, thanks to the decades-long backlog. However, since the economy of Patar depended on people's possible lawsuit settlements, this was fine. She could get a mortgage using her lawsuit as collateral. Her bank would naturally sue her in return, but this was all part of the arrangement. Zero one 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 zero zero one one zero zero one one zero. For the first few weeks, the surveillance team had worked around the clock to figure out what the binary code meant. Sometimes it turned out to be a recipe for soup. Other times it was just a string of prime numbers. Once it was the transcript for the entire 12-season run of How I Sued Your Mother, a popular sitcom starring, of course, robots. After they realized he was messing with them. <laughs> They stopped trying to work out what the code was and just recorded it. Years worth of ones and zeros and none of it meant a thing. Nebish knew that there were hundreds of people watching and listening to his every move. Not just the feds, but every law firm in town was also watching him. He had chosen to defend himself in court and under Snidean law, this meant he was open to being sued by every law firm that he hadn't hired. Each was entitled to surveil him themselves, and each did. And since his apartment, by nature of his crimes, was a Faraday cage, it was impossible to listen in from a distance. No communication could be made into or out of Nebish's lair, except by hardline. Hence why the outside of his apartment was a mass of cables and wires, each leading to a van parked in the melee of vehicles that encircled his dwelling. His apartment itself was isolated, raised up on stilts so that it could be observed from every angle. The interior was a mass of tiny cameras and bugging devices. If Nebish moved, the cameras knew. When he was eating, watching TV, sleeping, taking a crap, it was all being recorded by hundreds of people. Worse still, Nebish was locked in and they were locked out. He'd placed an impenetrable Shrovian force field around the apartment to protect himself from assassins, and the code lock was on the outside, so he could never be coerced into opening it. He was unassailable and uncorruptible. No legal compunction or physical threat could force him to open the force field because it was impossible for him to do so. Similarly, nobody could ever crack the code so it was impossible to break in. He couldn't signal outside anyway thanks to the Faraday cage. It was a remarkable stalemate. Nothing got in, nothing got out, except for the surveillance footage and the feds and the lawyers had control of that. As a result of this mess, the Nebish case was the number one employer on Snide 4. If the case ever ended, it would disrupt the economy so much that it would lead to a runaway recession. Investigator Patar shuddered. Her entire existence (laughs) and the livelihoods of billions of people involved surveilling a man whose case was so important it couldn't be allowed to end. She picked up her phone and checked the news feed. Nothing of interest. Pork belly futures were up. There was a traffic jam between sectors 18 and 19 and there was going to be a brief scheduled power outage in their area in about 10 minutes time. Nothing to worry about. The power outage was bang on schedule. Streetlights blinked out one by one, then after about a minute they blinked back on. One of them seemed to be taking its sweet time, and she stared at it, hypnotized by its incessant blinking. Blink, 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 pause. Blink, 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 blink. Patar yawned. What a life. She checked the monitors. There was Nebish droning on. 011011001110. Zero, 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 After a few minutes of listening to zeros and ones for the billionth time, she checked her phone. Another scheduled power outage? Jeez, what was going on at the power plant? She would sue, but it was all run by robots, and they had no legal status. The lights again went out. Again, they flicked back on. Again, Patar yawned. Uh, holy flav, said one of the tech guys. Patar heard nothing. For the first time in three years, there were no zeros, no ones. Had Nebish died? Was it over? He's... he's gone, said the tech guy. Patar's blood ran cold. Impossible! Impossible! She ran out of the van. In the street, a thousand other investigators and lawyers, all staring at the apartment. Then up at the sky, as a sleek black vessel soared into the upper atmosphere. She blinked a few times. Her brain and an idea were having a serious fight right now. The tape! Run back the tape! The last five minutes, she shouted, diving back into the van. They looked at the footage. Same old Nebish and his binary droning. What's he saying? Run it, she said. The tech guy punched in the numbers and the computer spat something out. Something meaningful this time. Not a recipe, not a sitcom, a 753 character code. It had to be the code to the force field. He was signaling someone, whispered Pitar. He knew they were coming. One of the tech guys, starting to tremble, raised his hand. What, barked Pitar. What would be the point of giving out the code? He couldn't have known there was anyone coming. Remember, the Faraday cage. No signal gets in or out, except... He paused. Except through us, said Pitar. Run the outside footage back, from the power cut. There it was, the blinking of that streetlight. She quickly encoded it to binary. One blink for zero, two for one. Run it, she screamed. The code said, Howdy, Pard. Here to bust you out. (laughs) Breath and shuttle cloaked (laughs) over your ranch. Need the code, Pard. She began tearing the van apart, ripping up the seats, the monitors, the fabric of the roof. That's where she found a tiny bugging device and a tiny cable that led out into the street. She followed it, pulling it up as she went. It had been glued down to the pavement, tucked into the cracks. It wended its way across the busy road to a shop, a small market. There was a neon sign over the door. It said simply, BODEGA. Patard, <laughs> Patard dropped the cable and fell to her knees. Snipe 4 <laughs> was ruined, and the worst and therefore best hacker in the galaxy had just teamed up with one of the most wanted men alive. The end.
0: Oh, oh man. That, that was, was really a good. good one. That, that was, was really, really good, fucking good. Thank you. Holy that really shit.
2: G- that's some great fucking work, <laughs> setting, setting that up.
0: That yeah, was glorious. That was really good. Holy fuck. Hats off. It was not a magnificent a hat, but... little short. I liked it a lot yeah me too man I was was, so deeply that was one of the best
1: you've done I think really I didn't think you guys would like it I thought it was going to be a bit too
0: I thought that was fucking perfect it was so good I especially liked the bodega thing at the end the the side above the market
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was a nice touch (laughs) thank you that was really good oh shit Man, that's great okay well that's all we got time for this week on Trifles Podcast hope you enjoyed it yeah Uh, I did I had a great time I didn't yeah I did thank you Two sips. Thanks. Korean. Yep. And me, of course, Putu. Thank you, Putu. And my name. And Putu. See you next time. Don't move my
0: letters. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.